Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. That's They Might Be Giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Kyla Gilmore to talk about Infinity off of Here Come the One, Two, Threes. you and I should have rehearsed to do the uh, the little they might be giants here comes the one, <laughs> one two threes one two three there we go hey that worked out perfectly it's first take folks Woo. first take <laughs> welcome to the show I'm excited to be here yeah you've been an awesome uh, patreon subscriber for a little while now so uh, thanks for being so awesome of course and, uh, Glad to finally have you on. Uh, and thank you for picking a kid's song because it's always hard to get those covered. Yeah, and this is that. only, yeah, this is only the uh, second one, two, three song I've done. Wow. A year ago, I did Department 4 with mm. uh, John Darnielle and the Mountain Goats. But yeah, this is only the second one. And for being the one album that the Giants have won a Grammy for. It's crazy. Yeah. It's only getting, you know, this is only the second <laughs> episode on it that I've done. I mean, I didn't even do a single episode on a Y song until uh, November. Uh, so two years into the yeah. podcast. But, you know, they have so many, so many albums. It dawned on me when I was looking back at the 2020 stuff that in <laughs> 2020, the uh, 30th anniversary year of Flood. I only oh did God. one flood episode in the whole year. <laughs> Man, yeah, because they have like how many studio albums? A lot, and then there's uh, what is it? Like there's twenty three or something. Five kids albums. 
and god and like all the b-sides and stuff yeah that's that's the thing is they had i think i had more people the, the first the first year of the podcast a lot of big songs got covered right away before i ever even really thought that this would last or do anything you know become anything uh, but then the second year, then I got all these people jumping. I wanted to do the weirdest songs <laughs> and or like the newer songs. So, yeah, Flood, I look back. I'm like, wait a second. Someone Keeps Moving My Chair was the only Flood song I did in 2020. Really? What is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. What happened there? But I mean, if you broke it down to any individual album, I think all those people that harp on me about the spine, I think the spine had the most episodes last year and like four spine songs maybe last year mm. i don't know but yeah thanks for picking a one two threes it deserves yes. another uh another episode uh so kyla being your first time on the show you need to tell our dear listeners about uh your fandom with tmbg how you got into them and such yes um well it started when i was around four because i think it was right before here comes science came out so my mom had like. So you're how old now? I'm 17. So like. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, I'm a youngin. <laughs> not the youngest though. Sorry, we had a 16 year old on the "I'm Not a Loser" episode that came out last oh, week. That's a good 17. one too. But yeah, I was like on my fifth birthday party. I remember having high five from one two three album on my like, <laughs> birthday cd but yeah, yeah. i got into them through their kids stuff and i have i don't know where some of the dvds went but i had all the dvds for it had all the cds i watched them all the time that's basically how i learned how to like read and do math and do science it was that early <laughs> and then i saw them in september of 2009 i think january and september of 2009 and then I just kind of forgot about them for a while. And like, I would occasionally be like, oh yeah, those DVDs with the weird guys who sing about planets and stuff. And then <laughs> during quarantine, I was getting all nostalgic for no reason. And like, oh, they might be giants as a band and they have other stuff besides songs about numbers and letters. And then I got into them and it's an obsession now. It's been almost a wow. year, I think, since I've been into them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost a whole year <laughs> for me for me it's almost going on 30 years yeah. into them. i think yeah i was 92 or 93 when i got into them so coming up on it uh that's crazy so wait you saw them in 2009 or 2010 so was that was a kid's show then yeah yeah one of them was in like a union fest or something i forget what town it was but then the other one was at the Poisson Rouge in New York. So, and they were both kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where do you live? New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Coming up, going to kids shows, and you're in a good spot in the country to uh, have ample opportunity to see them. Yeah. Uh, in non-pandemic times, but yeah, you know the because the kids shows. I mean, I don't know if they ever. I don't think the wiki differentiates the touring dates for them being kids shows or not. If it would be easy to find out. Yeah. I, I think, think they did like huge kids tours. Did they? No. Cause the ones that I found, the ones that I went to, it was like during an adult tour and they did like a show a, which was kids at like 3 PM and then a uh, later one for adults. So I guess they yeah. just stuck them in wherever. 
Yeah, because yeah, because I don't think they did full like country wide tours of just focusing on the kids stuff. I mean, but really, I mean, there's a lot of money to be made with kids yeah. stuff. You, you know, parents buy things. Twenty somethings, thirty somethings, we don't like to spend money. Uh, or you know, they might go to the show, but they might not buy merch because they spend it all on alcohol or whatever. <laughs> and but like the kids, kids stuff. I mean, it just goes to show you that you know, of their top five selling albums, it's Flood and then kids albums. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think uh, I can't remember which one didn't crack the top five. Might have been no. I'm not sure. But the three Disney ones, definitely the Here Comes albums all are, uh, did they go gold? I don't know. Um, but yeah, and, and I mean, they won the, you know, the Grammy for Best Kids album for, for this one. I mean, I feel like that could have been a really lucrative thing for them is, is touring yeah. these these kids albums. Uh, but uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe not as satisfying for them artistically, but you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 So of the kids' albums, when when you were a kid, did you have a favorite album, or was it more just like single songs, just all jumbled about? Probably one, two, threes, because I watched that the most. I was like a very math obsessed kid. Like I had this whole phase where I tried memorizing, memorizing like million, billion, trillion as far as I could go with like those things, and I memorized like seventy digits of pi at one point. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Damn. Like, hey, yeah, it was. I was a math geek. Not as much now, but you know, it was wow. my favorite. And you know, I never really had exposure to the song Infinity because it's they don't they didn't make a video for it. So yeah, it was kind of more like an in the car kind of thing. And then like yeah, but yeah, one two threes was my favorite. And then Science, yeah. then ABCs. Nice. Yeah, poor Infinity with no video. When I was going through looking for um, covers on YouTube, uh, some there's a, a daddy-daughter homemade video for oh Infinity. God. Yeah. And uh, it's... <laughs> hold on. Let me find this. Let me get the caption right. Um, yeah, because the... Let's see. Okay. Yeah, and it, ha- it has over... It has over 7,000 views, so clearly people yeah. want a video for Infinity. It's a guy named Peter uh, Olkers. Lily was sad there was no video for the Team BG song Infinity, so we made one. And it's funny. It's like, it must have taken forever because most of it's like stop motion stuff. Really? There's like, um, <laughs> there's... Uh, describing videos on a podcast is often awkward, but uh, basically there's like a peanut butter sandwich that is eating all these little blobs of jam and the little the little blobs of of jelly are in like an infinity symbol yeah you know like going around so the little sandwich is going around like the figure eight there the infinity symbol eating and like smearing the jelly that's part of it and at one point the girl uh lily is eating the sandwich and then they reverse it <laughs> kind of disgustingly comes back out of her mouth. <laughs> but hey, dad made the video. That sounds like a dad thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to watch it because like I try looking for videos, but I guess I was like, I don't want to watch this when I was looking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to watch it, I could send it to you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. 
right. And you can watch it and give me your thoughts on that. Oh, God. Uh, okay, I just emailed that to you. All right. It's very homemade in quality, but very mm. fun. Yeah, there's that someone keeps moving my chair stop motion that has like 11K views, which is also really cool. Yeah. Fun way to spend the afternoon. Yeah. Well, heck, with all that stop motion, it must be like... <laughs> Lily's probably like, I'm bored. Okay, hold on, I'm in the middle of this. Let me go do something else. I'll be here for 12 more hours taking a million photos of this sandwich eating jelly. It's cute though, so it paid off. So why on earth doesn't this have a video? Yeah, like they did a video on figure eight. Like it's a song about eight, but it's the same concept and like the same shape. And, like, they mention infinity in figure eight. Or, like, yeah, mm, so mm-hmm. I don't know why they couldn't make it. It seems like mm. it would be a decent, I mean, I guess maybe the target audience doesn't really get infinity as a concept. So maybe they just left it yeah. out. Yeah, you know, the only the only thing in the interpretations tab on the wiki is someone says, uh, I think this being the only song that doesn't have a video might be meant to symbolize that there is no way to depict infinity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that you can't visualize infinity and this person put their name as color of infinity uh like from experimental film so yeah they uh, the giants like the i think they like the uh the concept of infinity as such a um yeah kind of intangible impossible thing to really even think about but yeah. come on i mean for one this is dan miller's only recorded moment of lead vocals and songwriting credit so i mean come on dan miller getting the shaft his only song and it doesn't get a video like you said i mean kids love parking themselves in front of youtube or dvd or whatever but so a lot of kids probably heard it a lot less because it didn't have a video yeah like poor dan darn (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so is that is that why you picked this one because you you, you felt like it was the uh, the deepest of cuts from, from the one two threes that's part of the reason yeah and just it's my favorite off the album like yeah just something about it like from my now instead of a math geek from my like music theory geek standpoint it has like some really interesting things that when i first listened to it after like 10 11 years i was like oh, I didn't expect that to be there. So, like, it's just, it's so easy to listen to every time, and it doesn't get old, and I like it a lot. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, Dan Miller, he had a uh, co-writer with this one, Robert Now, Do you know who that is? Because I didn't until I looked him up. I do not know. Okay, and he's not clickable on the wiki. He's had nothing else to do with They Might Be Giants then, apparently. He is an author, and as of 2011, well, he's been promoted in 2017, president of programming at A&E Networks, which means he's responsible, this is from the A&E website, responsible for overseeing all content for A&E, Lifetime, and the History Channel. What? <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, there's no way, this got to be some different guy. First of all, there weren't that many people with his name, but I verified it. Um, by I, I went on Facebook. I'm like, I'm going to look up this guy. Who knows, you know, if I'll be able to find him or if his profile will be viewable or whatever. Now, Dan Miller is, not, I don't think he's on Facebook all that much, 
but I'm friends with Danny Weinkoff, and when I find I found a guy named Rob Chernow, one mutual friend, Danny Weinkoff. Look at that. I click over, uh-huh, I click over to this Robert Chernow, uh, his public photos that are viewable or ones that someone had put up of him on his uh, timeline, and it's it's the dude. So this is, it's got to be the guy. Dan Miller co-wrote it with this guy who is the bigwig in the TV industry. Um, also, his books are pretty highly regarded. Um, let me bring them up real quick in this computer since it's not coming up over here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he has three books, and they seem to be mostly young adult stuff. Um, uh, the Girl in the Torch, The Berlin Boxing Club, and My Mother the Cheerleader. And they all deal... A lot with like, I mean, from a, a young adult's perspective, uh, social issues and issues with race huh. and stuff like that. I was reading about my mother, the cheerleader, says it's um, it's about a, a white girl during the time of uh, segregated schools. And uh, let me see. Look this up. Okay. Yeah. So it's like historical fiction. Uh, in 1960, New Orleans, 13-year-old Louise is pulled out of class by her mother to protest court-ordered integration of her school. Louise's mother is one of the jeering cheerleaders. Each morning, the cheerleaders gather at the school to harass the school's first black student, six-year-old Ruby Bridges, as she enters the building. After a mysterious man from New York named Morgan arrives in town and takes up residence in the family's crumbling boarding house, Louise's acceptance of the way things are begins to crumble. Through conversations with Morgan and first-hand observations, Louise begins to wonder about the morality of the cheerleader's activities, and everything Louise thinks she knows about her mother, her world, and herself will change. So, despite her mother's racism, this girl starts realizing uh, what's wrong with this uh, school segregation. So, sounds like some pretty powerful uh, young adult literature um, from this guy, Robert Chernow. And then I found an article uh, that was kind of slamming him for being a guy who addresses these kinds of issues um, through his books, but then gets a job at A&E, which is known for shit like, um, like li- what is it called, Live PD, and like all these kind of exploitative kind of programs mm-hmm. yeah. and stuff, these, you know, quote-unquote reality shows that seems like a lot of times are partially scripted um and i was like man this guy's kind of a controversial figure but all this all this came about after you know miller would have worked with him yeah. i mean i don't you know i don't know much about the guy personally but yeah there was a this article that just came out about a year ago that was like this dude's he's a he's a, such a hypocrite it's <laughs> like well gosh, you know i don't know about that but you know miller worked with him in you know 2007 or 2008 to write this song and it uh, sounds like he got into the, uh, he started Lifetime in like 2011 or something like that. But yeah, he's kind of a hot shot now. Look at that. Isn't that crazy? That's that's really weird. Like the books, you know, are one thing. That's good that he's writing about those issues. And then, but that's suddenly just reality TV and then history channel, like songwriting to corporate TV stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it was someone that Miller would have known already or if he, if it was someone who they met through the connections with Disney and stuff like that, if he was already, you know, new people in the biz or whatever. And but I don't know. It just seems weird. I, you know, just one song. 
I'm assuming it's the only song that uh, this guy's had anything to do with in the Mighty Giants canon, since he's not. Yeah. He doesn't have his own page on the wiki. Uh, but it just seems like so random. Like Dan Miller's like, I get to write a song. I got one song. I can't. I need help. <laughs> Who will yeah. help me? This guy, Robert Chernow. I don't. Know. Yeah. Like, I wonder if he's written any other like one-off songs with, well, like members of other bands who don't get songs like it's so (laughs) so random like yeah i'm gonna write a single song that's gonna get no like promotion and then i like it's very weird (laughs) very weird it's got to be someone that miller knows sounds like this guy's from uh uh lexington massachusetts it looks like yeah, I'm just looking. <laughs> I'm looking at his Facebook profile right now, and it's and it's mostly to show me uh, stuff that other people have posted, like you know that is public. And someone in, last year, Lexington High School reunion, April fourth. Hope you can make it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny snooping people on the internet, and just I'm like I'm like I'll take any information on this guy I can get, but that at least confirmed from the pictures, and then the picture on the A and E website, and like his author, you know profiles and stuff like that i'm like that's the dude this is just so random very very yeah, random. i don't know couldn't find anything else about songwriting all that came up was just the book stuff and the a and e stuff um but maybe if i went deeper into google i'd find something but i don't know maybe it's a it's a childhood friend of dan miller i don't know i yeah i don't know pretty uh random yeah <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about um the the musical nerd side of you do you play any instruments or sing or anything like that oh my gosh i play piano ukulele guitar accordion lock and spiel like, oh <laughs> i play a lot and i sang from like third grade to eighth grade so i've kind of dropped that but very musical all around <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about the musical elements of this song. You said that piqued your interest. What uh, What do you like about it musically before we get into those infinity lyrics? Um, well, first off, the vibra slap at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I have an obsession <laughs> with vibra slaps. Like one time I was doing, I go to like School of Rock, like buildings that came from like the movies and stuff. And we were doing a soul program. And we had a vibra slap, and I just started using that the entire week. <laughs> so I started getting obsessed with it. And now every time I hear it in a song, I get so excited. So when I heard that, I was like, vibra slap! So like, already, like, the intro is just so, like, not to use the Q word, but it's got, like, a very quirky sound to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The very beginning before, like, the song really kicks in. Like yeah, the boom, very clunky piano and like very yeah, Maxwell you know, Silverhammer. Silver I like that. I was trying to pin down exactly what is going on there, and I think they are inside a piano, either plucking the strings. They got their arm in a piano, either plucking the strings or hitting them with something. Because you can tell it's there's something not normal going on there. Yeah. That's one option. So they're either inside the piano, and I know to compare this to, they did, they did the Beach Boys did a little bit of that on some Pet Sound stuff, 
where guys were inside a grand piano. Uh, or it's a prepared piano. And if you don't know that term, that's when basically you shove crap in a piano <laughs> to alter the sound of it. Like one, one easy thing to do without messing up your piano is to take a piece of paper and kind of weave it between some of the strings. So mm-hmm. it gives it this weird kind of, uh, I mean, it mutes it, but also gives it like a little bit of a buzz to it. So it's, I feel like it's got to be one of those two things. Because, yeah, you could tell it doesn't sound quite, it doesn't sound like a piano should sound. Yeah. So I, they've, they've, they've fucked with it in some way. Either, uh, yeah, went inside the piano or shoved stuff in the piano. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, that, yeah. Maxwell Silverhammer, that's perfect because there is like a lot of metallic uh, sounding little percussion things going on there and like rinky dink kind of drum sounds. It sounds like a junk band is what, what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, like the piano, like the like sound of it, it's, it sounds like one of those little toy pianos that has like the really shitty keys and when you press it, like press a C, it plays like an E flat. Like it has that sort of like sound and quality to it. So they must have done something. Yeah, it sounded a little honky-tonk, too. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's whatever studio they're in. Maybe it was some neglected piano that was kind of out of tune, too. And they're like, can we screw with this thing? Can we put some pennies in there? I mean, <laughs> you can do all <laughs> kinds of stuff to a piano if you're willing to uh, you, you know, risk losing some spare change in the bottom of it. But, uh, uh, yeah, it sounds so cool. And it's just for, like, this little, like, f- what, like four or five seconds at the beginning. Yeah. Like none of the rest of the song sounds like that. It doesn't even go back to that motif. So like when I first heard the song, I was like, I don't remember any song sounding like this. And then when the like guitar, the thing came in, I was like, oh, yeah, like, it's a cool transition, though. Yeah, it's one of those fun things that, uh, you know, being uh, in, in the studio, uh, especially now that I have you know, my own studio that I can, you know, get some good sounds out of. You don't have to worry about being on the clock money wise and you can just screw around as much as you want. Cause that's, that's one of the best things about the studio is just like finding the weirdest sounds you can get and, you know, leave it to the Johns to, uh, and, and Dan to probably spend a few hours to get this little like four second chunk <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's so fun. Just like experiments, stuff like that. Um, I mean, chances are they had the whole regular part of the song done and then they were messing around. They're like, this would go great at the beginning of infinity. Yeah. <laughs> and then that vibra slap. <laughs> I'll tell you, if you like vibra slap, this album I got really into last year. It's from a couple of years ago. I don't know how much you're into uh, ska music or ska punk music. But there's this uh, fairly new ska band called The Interrupters. And the their lead singer, she's really got a cool voice. Uh, and they kind of go along the lines of like the ska stuff that Rancid has done. But anyway, they love the shit out of the Vibra Slap. And once I noticed it, I paid attention as I listened through the album. And I'm pretty sure there's at least one Vibra Slap hit on every single song on the album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, me and my wife were listening to it, and we're like, wait for it. Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> anyway, uh, so getting into the main part of the song, 
this just sounds like it sounds to me the verses just sound so much like a guitar player's song it's just that i mean for one it's in the key of e which is most yeah. guitar players favorite key but just the whole derner derner i'm like yeah. this is a guitar player wrote this song i mean there's no you're like this does not sound like a linnell song who wrote this oh it's not flames oh it's miller it's it's just uh so guitar friendly yeah <laughs> yeah okay. so yeah get, getting into the main the main chunk the main song uh what are your favorite parts about it um i like i guess they're the choruses like when it has that chord progression the like infinity infinity and then it goes to the f sharp major which like you know that's not normally in e major and like it's such a cool mm-hmm. thing because right before they do the f sharp minor so then when you hear it major right. it's like whoa and like you know lydian is one of my favorite modes so having that sort of <laughs> flavor in there <laughs> Hey, I got someone else talking about modes with. Where are you learning about modes in high school music theory classes, or are you just learning about this stuff on your own? I'm in AP theory too. Well, I did modes before, but then we touched on modes and we did counterpoint like late last year. So we're around the stinky classical rules area now. But yeah, we talked. Well, hey, about modes. <laughs> you know, I've used a lot of those. You know, to my music ed degree, I had to take a lot of theory for that, and. Uh, uh, a lot of that stuff that seems like just really brainy, like you can still work it into rock and roll stuff. And it's, it's fun to try and, you know, without making a song sound technical, you know, work in little stuff like Miller did yeah. here. Yeah. L- <laughs> Lydian is your favorite. <laughs> High five to be one of my youngest guests who is talking with me about one of the most complex uh, musical things. And, I find that all over and they might be giant stuff. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, the someone keeps moving my chair episode actually. I'm yeah. blanking off the top of my head, which uh it's not in major or minor, it's um It's like oh, I can't remember. I figured it out while I was on the call there and I think it might have been Mixolydian. I just can't remember off the top of my head right now, but um but it is hard lots of times with these songs especially Linnell songs where there'll be just chords out of the key or chord shifting from major to minor that shouldn't be like that and you're just like what is going on? You're like either, yeah. either there's accidentals all over the place, or it's not in G major, whatever the song might might say, you know, on the tab or whatever. But, um, and I don't blame people who just putting tabs on the wiki, not knowing other modes, because that is something only us dorks really ever learn about, <laughs> or, or people who like to play it like Renaissance fairs or whatever. Because if you go back to the music of the medieval times, you will see some of the other modes, but. Uh, we Western musicians pretty much just settled into major and minor almost exclusively, yeah. you know, a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> Sadly, there's so many possibilities out there. Yeah. There's an infinite amount of possibilities. Oh, call back. <laughs> oh, Lydian. It's a good one. Uh, plus, it just, it just sounds pretty, right? Yeah. Like very spacey. I like it. Good on Miller for getting a very uh, Linnellian should be a mode, a very (laughs) Linnellian type trick there. And it almost, you know, I was singing along with this and it's not, I mean, it's not a song I knew the best. I mean, me being firmly in adulthood when this stuff came out. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I I didn't listen to these as much as the adult elms, but like, so I was listening to it a ton this, this past week and 
that it makes it hard to sing along with that shift to that uh, the F sharp major yeah. there because it sits in a little different way that you're not expecting because that's a chord that has not come up yet in the song. So it's pretty wild, but it doesn't sound weird. You don't really, I, didn't, I guess I didn't really notice that change. I hadn't looked at it on paper yet or trying to play it or anything, but when I was trying to sing it, I'm like, what is going on there? Like something, yeah. something's happening. And like, especially in the last chorus, he like emphasizes this. I think he emphasizes the seventh of the chord, which is like a really weird thing that not a lot of people do. Like usually you would sing the root of it, but then it like really accentuates this is not a minor two. This is a major two. And like, you know, it sounds really good, but like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the, I I do like how the song kind of, it kind of expands upon the chorus each time it happens, which is a cool trick. Uh, Yeah. When it gets to the, so let's see who's going to beat infinity. So add it up. I just might win. That one stays on the F sharp minor. But then it starts really pounding that F-sharp major. If you help me figure out just where it ends and it begins, and there's F-sharp major, then I just might catch F-sharp major, and you just might see F-sharp major, that I'm going to reach F back to F-sharp minor infinity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's really good, though. And, like, that last chorus is probably my favorite in the whole song, because, like, it's just like the extension of it is just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah, that little twist on it, uh, the additional lyrics as well as the twist on the emphasizing that major chord there. Um, like, yeah, it almost sounds like it's shifting the whole song into another spot, but then it pulls it back to end the song, you know, in that, that satisfying, uh, way, you know, back to the, to end back on the E, uh, yeah, it's a very well-written song. And again, this Robert Chernow guy, is he a music <laughs> guy or a lyrics guy? Was he, was it like Miller wrote the, I mean, yeah, was it a, you know, uh, situation where Miller wrote all the music and Robert Chernow wrote all the words or they collaborated on it all? I, I, I need to know these things. This is just very, it's just like in the back of my brain now, I'm like, what is the deal with this Robert Chernow guy? What's yeah. the relationship here? It's, so weird <laughs> yeah i'm surprised dan miller doesn't have his own show now on uh, on <laughs> lifetime <laughs> that was imagine that they might be giants reality tv show <laughs> i'm imagining a lifetime movie <laughs> the life of a guitar player yeah life on the road it's uh, like dan oh miller's little soap opera style <laughs> But it ends, it's got a really heartwarming ending, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something on the History Channel, Dan Miller's History of Guitars. Come on. Oh <laughs> Forged in fire, whatever that is. Except it's not about swords, it's about axes. <laughs> as in guitars. <laughs> just pounding out this guitar with a huge you just hear the open strings ringing out every time. <laughs> um and then one of my favorite things another thing i listen to over and over again trying to figure out what's going on is the bridge in this song 
the little climbing part. Um, and I love the way he arpeggiates the chords. It does the ease, but there's all that more crazy percussion stuff going on. And pan very aggressively back and forth between your right and left ear. I listened on headphones. I'm like, oh, damn, that's sweet. But I was, I was trying to figure out exactly what was going on um, with that. Because, again, it sounds almost, again, like junk percussion, maybe. Like there's some other kind of metallic sounds in there that could be something as simple as like, as, as simple as like a cymbal choke, like just holding a cymbal and just beating it while you're holding it. Um, but then the drums, they almost have like a timbale like quality, but they could be snare drums with the snare turned off, different size snare drums or really high pitched toms or something. Yeah. And they kind of sound like they're hit with brushes very aggressively, but not sticks. And I'm listening to this over and over again. And I, I, my wife was in the car. I'm like, listen to this. Tell me, what do you, what do you think? what are these, what are they hitting here? She's like, I don't know. You're the percussion guy. I'm like, oh, just listen, just listen. She's like, I don't know. It sounds like, but yeah, we were like, maybe timbales, but just something very high pitched. Yeah. <laughs> sound yeah it's very high pitched and very aggressive in the mix but it sounds awesome and another thing that probably just like you know dan and and marty were like dan was like marty just go nuts on this part let's do some overdubs <laughs> you know because it's over top of the regular snare stuff this is overdubbed yeah. um but it just sounds so again it was something i probably just had so much fun with um and i'm imagining yeah the dan's and marty just going nuts on this song. Meanwhile, Flansburg isn't even on the track. Yeah. He, Linnell, it's just got the one guitar line. Yeah, Linnell does the... Um, occasional accordion stuff. Yeah, there's some kind of sustained accordion stuff that lends a nice texture, but it's really nothing. He doesn't steal the focus. I think they're kind of like, yeah, let you know, Miller do his thing. It's kind of like, you know, this, this track's for our boys. <laughs> Dan, Dan's and Marty, yeah. Um, no flans, yeah. But I, I, I find that more and more songs that don't have both Johns on them, which is uh, surprising. But yeah, uh, it has Linnell credit as that piano too at the beginning too, so whatever is going on with that piano, um, Linnell got to have some fun with them on that part too and do whatever they did to the piano at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I think we talked about. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about lyrics. Ooh, um, infinity. Yeah. Yes. I guess I'll start with my. Did favorite. you did you ever try to count to infinity? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> One time, <laughs> I distinctly remember being in the car. It wasn't infinity, but it must have been like a longer road trip, and I was like. I'm going to count to a thousand and I did it the entire car ride. And I'm sure my mom was extremely pissed off with a little, (laughs) just like 672, six, like, 
But I did it. I don't know why I wanted to do that. But, you know, I, I tried reaching infinity. It was <laughs> interesting. Amazing. I remember, I don't know why I remember this. At some point when I found out what a Google is, mm-hmm. as in, how do you really spell it? G-O-G-G-O-L or something like that? Google is in the number. And I believe, if I remember correctly, it's a one with a hundred zeros after it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I remember writing that down on a piece of paper when I found out what that is. I'm like, I'm going to write it down. One, comma, zero, 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 comma, zero, 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 comma, zero, zero, zero. It's like like a whole page. There's a Googleplex, like Google and Plex, which is a one with Google zeros after it. So it's like, crazy. Oh, boy. Math is not my strong suit. (laughs) <laughs> at all but infinity is one of those cool things it's like it doesn't really need to be mathematical thinking about it because it's just one of those things that it's a term that can kind of describe any well i mean buzz lightyear to infinity and beyond <laughs> just, like, just like the concept of like never ending something space or numbers yeah. or whatever it's like it's so weird to think about because like anything you add to infinity is infinity. Anything you subtract to infinity is just infinity. Like it's so weird to think about. Yeah, um, I like all the, but just it's a very the the lyrics are very fun. Um, I can count up to five. I can count to ten. I can count on my nose a hundred times. I'd rather not again. <laughs> And all I can think of is that I'm like, yes, I know this is a kid's album, but counting on your nose <laughs> makes me think of like a a drunk person being pulled over and being told to like, you know, t- touch their nose while saying the alphabet backwards or whatever. <laughs> oh my God. Like, no, I don't think that's what Miller's talking about here. But you yeah. know, that's what came to my mind. It, you know, usually with my Vagina songs, your interpretations are going to the most horrible thing you can think of. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like the change in each chorus. Uh, first, it's how how can I reach infinity? And the second chorus is the same. Um, but then it goes to how can I beat who or who's going to beat infinity? <laughs> and then at the end, I'm going to reach infinity. Uh, the, <laughs> the who's going to beat infinity Kind of had me confused, but <laughs> yeah, how are you gonna beat infinity? Endless, like <laughs> I'm gonna go even farther than infinity. Yeah, infinity like, plus one. Oh, <laughs> big one! But yeah, that change is cute. It's like it almost sounds like a whole character, like you know, like a child or something, like just learning about infinity and being like, I'm gonna beat it because. You know, most kids don't think of it as more of a number than a concept since, you know, stupid little child brain can't really do stuff like that. Right, right. Adult brain starts getting like a philosophical kind of elements <laughs> going on. But you're not even legally an adult yet. Oh, my God. You're so young. I, I'm going to need to start making like some sort of like parental forms like people sign off on this podcast because... Mr. Simpson cursed in front of me. <laughs> uh, if my mom listens to this and hears me say a curse word, but no, I'll probably, probably be fine. 
<laughs> you know, let's see what else we got in the lyrics here. Um, oh, the line, uh, I can count above a hundred thousand million billion trillion alien. <laughs> Just super fun to say. Yeah. What what's an alien? <laughs> I don't know. Is that, is that a thing, or was that just a fun way to end the end the rhyme? I uh, guess. Let's see, alien. Mm. Oh wait, hold on a second. Uh, they're just saying it's just like a suffix. Mm. I don't think it's anything other than something you can add on to the end of yeah for the numbers yeah. there. Yeah, I guess quadrillion. Yeah. Is too many syllables to fit in. <laughs> right. Yeah, he couldn't get that in there. Yeah. <laughs> but then I think my favorite part <clears throat> is the, uh, yeah, if I chase my tail and follow its tracks, if I run around in circles, I'll never make it back. Oh, figure of eight goes around, 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 around. <laughs> that part is so good. And like the chord changes under it. And like it, the whole song kind of has this ambiguous, like, what chord is this? Because a lot of them, like in the chorus, it's like A major, then E over G sharp. And like, you know, they're very ambiguous chords. So during that part, I've had like a really hard time trying to figure out what chords are underneath it. Like, it doesn't sound like it's the same verse progression, really. Yeah. I mean, on the around the round, it just has an E listed, but I'm pretty sure, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure there is some underlying E, but I know, I think Danny on the bass is doing some other stuff underneath it so uh, yeah it might be i mean like you said ambiguous might be maybe not fully changing chords but just some kind of like passing tones that the bass is doing yeah um in there that give it some kind of movement during all that repetition uh and he says around he says it uh 17 times Jeez. <laughs> he says the word around and i like how it goes into three he goes uh uh like three eight or six eight so it's like one two three one two three one two three around 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 i'll never make it back oh figure of eight goes around 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 and it does have that kind of like skipping cd sound until you hear the bass start to move and then the drum ends with the fill uh Super fun. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, and hopefully it tricks some people into thinking their CD was skipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the songs on one, two, threes, infinity, especially though, like surprisingly complex for kids songs. Like another one, Nonagon, that's like straight up in full mixolydian. There's no C sharp. It's in, Oh yeah. Yeah. Or no, would it be in Dorian? Well, no, it's like, a really weird key because they never really hit. It's in D something, but F sharp or C sharp. It's it's a weird song, but like I'll, oh I'll wow, you, and you so you've done this all yourself, huh? Because <laughs> I'm, I was just jumping over to the wiki page to see if someone had tabbed it out on the guitar, and there's no guitar tab <gasps> for Nonagon. I'm gonna have yet. to do it myself. <laughs> yeah, hey. Yeah, because be like it's like a awesome. pe- it's basically all. A, I guess a D power chord would be the best way to do it. And then there's those little ringy do, 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 do. But yeah, mm-hmm. one, two, threes is a very complex album. 
for a kid's yeah. album. Well, it's like, yeah, when I talked to Marty early on, when he joined, he came in, they were working on Spine songs and uh, ABC's songs at the same time. And he said a lot of times, you know, I mean, the vocals are what get recorded last, you know, for the most part. And oftentimes said, he, you know, he didn't think about them any differently when they were kids songs or adult songs, because musically they were wanting to approach yeah. them in a, you know, a musical way and a fun way. And they might be giants way, you know, without really, you know, why would they have to make that distinction? They didn't feel like they needed to dumb it down for kids. And, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people, a lot of kids responded to that, and a lot of adults were happy that they didn't go as insane as when listening to other children's music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank God it still sounds like they might be giants. <laughs> oh, boy. My daughter, though, all she wants to hear is Wheels on the Bus. So oh. at least they might be giants can do a They Might Be Giants version of Wheels on the Bus. That would be, oh, oh please, fellas. Give me, give me some wheels on the bus. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I mean, also good on them for doing five albums of kids songs that are all originals. You know, they didn't yeah. do any traditionals or anything like that. I mean, they could have easily knocked out a bunch of stuff. And that would have been cool, too, to hear, you know, they might be giant style, you know, old folk songs or uh, old, you know, play songs and stuff like that. But uh Oh, they they churned out so many kids songs. Yeah, in a relatively short time. Yeah, and like and it, the only cover was like "Why Does the Sun Shine," and they totally changed it for the kids true. album version and made it like pop punk, which is right, right, right. True. Yes. Yeah. So so there is that one cover, and then they they correct it with the Sun <laughs> <laughs> uh version. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so good. And it, it it sounds like I don't know if they've said it for sh- sure, but the the general kind of thought around the fan community is that they're done doing kids albums, um, which is I, I mean I don't know it's, it's kind of a shame you know but I think they're the five kids albums that they've done I think there's there's enough content there to you know last generations and you know I bet kids that grew up on those kids albums will still play those for their kids. You know, just like, oh, I remember this from when I was a kid. And those kids' albums will continue to get played, uh, you know, throughout generations. Because Name Up Giants are a generational band at this point. And, you know, here we are, a 17-year-old and an almost 40-year-old uh, talking about uh, an awesome band and, and crazy, the crazy musical things that they do. So, um, let's see. Anything else about these lyrics before we get to the covers section we kind of pretty much covered it all yeah nothing else too much interesting about them like you know they're good lyrics they're fun to sing yeah they are i mean you know dan for having this one recorded lead vocal uh good job dude and robert share now whatever you chipped into (laughs) good job to you too, dude. Rob, my man, Rob Share now. <laughs> it's such a, a kid friendly uh, name, too, right? Share. Yeah, share. <laughs> you know, you got to share. You got to share now. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing he wrote the lyrics because I don't know. It seems like a very Robert Share now thing to say around 17 times. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's accessible to kids. So 
I'm guessing. Yeah. Like a yeah, somebody and, related to a Disney corporate. Yeah. Right. And just someone who writes for kids. I mean, it definitely seems like, I mean, he could have some musical skills when we don't know about, uh, but yeah, it probably had a hand in the lyrics if I had to guess. Let's take a quick break to hear from one of our podcast friends. Reliant K, I think I've heard of them. Aren't they Christian or something? Don't they spell Reliant wrong? Well, you won't have to answer these questions for yourself. We're Jess and Danny, and on our show, Sadie Hawkins Pod, we're going song by song through Reliant K. You may have heard our crossovers with This Might Be a Podcast, and we're still doing our thing, looking at the band that we think might be the perfect match of geeky rock like TMBG combined with 2010's pop punk. Even if you're familiar with Reliant K from their songs like Be My Escape, Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been, and Deathbed, we haven't even done those songs yet, and we think you'll learn some surprising things about the band if you check out Sadie Hawkins Pod. Listen now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most anywhere podcasts are found. And we'll see you at the next punk rock show... Uh, wrong band. Oh, wait. Uh, we'll see you on your deathbed. Let's subtract the lyrics from the equation and listen to the one cover that is instrumental. It's the oh. only cover I could find. There were no covers on YouTube, no covers on Bandcamp. The one I found is on SoundCloud. And it's funny, the searching some of the search features on these sites are not that great. Like if I type in TMBG Infinity, it comes up with the actual They Might Be Giants track. Yeah. I have to actually type, type They Might Be Giants. You know, you can't you can't do that shorthand. And then it came up, Leo Finelli, uh, instrumental piano version of Infinity. So you have not heard this yet. No. Right? So why don't you go ahead and uh, you got that link there in the email. Why don't you uh, give that yeah. a spin? Oh, it's full piano. Yeah, real piano, not uh, MIDI. It's not, it's not a note-for-note note cover. I feel like he just kind of did it off the top of his dome. and Because there's some other little parts that are not exact. Yeah. <laughs> the little bridge part is so cute. <laughs> oh. oh, I thought that was a key change for a sec. 
<laughs> There's some mistakes in there, but uh, it sounds like just a one-take, bash-it-out kind of exercise. Round around around. He doesn't do 17 rounds. No, I was trying <laughs> to get the 17. <laughs> Gets to maybe like seven. Yeah. So what do you think? It's good. It was cute. Cute. Yeah. Like, obviously, it sounds, it's cool to hear it without the F sharp major and instead, like, in pure vanilla Ionian. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. And, like, that song is a guitar song. So, translating it to piano is already such a hard thing on its own. So, I think he did it pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you do the chicken, <laughs> the mute on, on piano? Slap <laughs> it. Yeah, just slap the the side of the piano. Yeah, he just kind of rides it through and kind of uh, it takes some liberties with it, whether in intentionally or unintentionally. I mean, I think there's some there, like there's some extra like seventh chords and stuff in there that aren't in the original. Kind of makes it his own. Uh, and while there are a couple of mistakes in there and stuff, I think it sounds like just like something off the cuff fun that he decided to do. And I think you know it's got the spirit of the song. Yeah. Fun stuff. So yeah, that's uh, the only cover in existence that I could find. Leo Finelli. Yeah, SoundCloud.com slash Leo dash Finelli. And um, yeah, it looks like there's a whole bunch of piano covers on here. There's stuff from La La Land. We've got some classical stuff. We've got some Billy Joel. We've got some David Bowie. Um Whoa, this, we got a 15-minute track here. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's every musical theme from the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> it's titled. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, that's something. All righty. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's it uh, for the covers. We are to the portion of the episode where you need to score this song. Cool. You're coming at it from a much different angle than I am. Uh, being that you were a kid and this is meant for kids. You were a kid when this came out. You're still a kid. Yeah. You kids. I <laughs> shake my fist at you. What do you think? Oh, man. I mean, I don't want to look at it through, like, the nostalgia glasses. I'm, like, trying to think of it purely as, like, a They Might Be Giants adult song. Like, it's really good. But, like, obviously, it's not a perfect song. I guess I just wish there was more of the weird clangy sound. Like that's my favorite part of the song. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it Score an eight. on whatever criteria you yeah. want. You know what? I'll give it an 8.8. 8, Cause if you turn the eights around, it's an infinity. <laughs> <laughs> Double infinity. <laughs> Lay both those eights down. Double infinity. What's more infinity than infinity? Two infinities. <laughs> okay, what am I giving this? So, I mean, yeah, like I said, this is the the kids' songs did not get as much play for me until my daughter was born, really. Um, and I mean, like, No came out when I was in college, and I, you know, I'm like, what they're doing a kids' album? I don't know. I'll I'll buy it anyway. And I did listen to it, but yeah, I mean, it didn't get as much play. Um, probably more not that I didn't appreciate the music. But, you know, lyrically, it's just not what I was really wanting to listen to yeah. when I was 20, <laughs> when I was 20 years old. Uh, 
And then the ones that came after that, like I didn't actually own a physical copy of uh, 123s until my daughter was born two and a half years ago. Um, I had heard the songs, but yeah, the, like I really needed to, to give this one a bunch of listens before this episode. And every time I listened to it, I appreciated it more and more. And I love that Dan Miller gets a chance to shine. Uh, and I love that all the chord progression stuff we talked about. I love that they put in extra little touches. Like it's not phoned in. It's got all this extra, you know, studio percussion stuff yeah. and that weird piano stuff. I feel bad that it didn't get a video because <sighs> it's a, it's, it's a great song, but what am I giving this thing? I think, let me look back at some of my other kids song scores. Um, I don't know. I've been really digging this song lately, listening to it. I think I'm going to go I'm gonna go straight seven on this one. It's solid. It should have a video, but I think it it's too late to ask for that now. We got that got that fan video, though. I like the, just yeah. the, the daddy-daughter project making a video. is totally cute, and uh, I love that. So that, that will be the video, and it should go on future copies of the DVD that they put. <laughs> <laughs> they probably don't even make DVDs of that anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, I bought it two and a half years ago. Okay, the CD DVD. True. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's only like 12, 12 years oldish. So I'm telling you, parents, the old people like me, we will still buy these CDs. So if you want to make money, <laughs> yeah. kids' music is the way to go. We will buy the physical media while. You, do you buy physical media or you just stream? Um, I buy like vinyls because we have a record player that my grandma had from the 60s. So I have, I think I only have Lincoln on vinyl right now because I got that for Christmas. But I have a, tons of Beatles albums on vinyl. So that's like the only nice. physical stuff I buy just, you know, because it's cool. But Spotify. Is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy too. Yeah. Uh, and I do like, uh, I like that they separated the Spotify accounts. There's the, they might be giants. And then there's the, they might be giants for kids yeah. on Spotify. Um, because then it, if you want to go like full on shuffle through the catalogs, you can have an exclusive kids shuffle yeah. and, and then have your regular, they might be giants and not get kids songs mixed in with those. Oh, God. You're and they're like, there, so. this is, they might be giants playlist. They have like, you know, they're like pretty adult stuff. Like all the songs about death. And then suddenly, like the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse theme comes on. It's like, it's really. Well, is it still like that though? Is it still like that? Because I remember, yeah, their top, like the top five tracks or whatever, had Hot Dog and, and stuff in there. But then they separated the accounts. Yeah. I bet probably if you looked at it now, it, it was not that long ago they separated the accounts, like maybe a year ago. Yeah. Um, like there might be a This Is They Might Be Giants, and then a, This Is They Might Be Giants for kids. Uh, so that that might be different, yeah. Um, yeah, still haven't done an episode on hot dog or uh, clubhouse theme yet, but I do have people signed up for them. Really? Both parents, they are both uh, parents. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so uh, Kyla, do you have anything to plug or tell the people about? Um, I guess I talk about there would be giants a lot on my Twitter. Um, it's at Museum of Idiotech. No first U in museum. <laughs> no first E in idiotech because what? 15 letters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I talk about nice. They Might Be Giants and the bands that I like on there. So if people want to 
<laughs> follow me there. They can. That's really all I have to promote. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, do you, you play a lot of instruments? Are you? Uh, you don't record anything? Not really. No, only for school of rock. Like I haven't really. You know, I do some covers on my Twitter. I'm probably gonna cover Infinity eventually because now I've got the got it in my head. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'll be the second cover of it. <laughs> Well, hey, your School of Rock's got to have a YouTube channel or something, right? Can people go see you rock out anything for oh, School of Rock? Oh, definitely, yeah. We like I'm in the house band, which is like, you know, the people who are like the more seasoned musicians. And we have a couple videos that we did while virtual. I think we did My Girl, Temptations, and a few other songs. If you look up School of Rock, Hell not yeah. Claire, I come up a lot of the time. And yeah, so go. people want to see me doing that and then a few Beatles songs on there what's one that uh, is so are you you don't focus on singing over there then it's mostly instrumental stuff yeah I'm in the house band like most of the videos on YouTube have me singing there's one I was doing a Beatles camp and it was in my life and there was like one other guitarist so I had to play guitar sing and then do the harpsichord solo all at once on stage so that's Holy a very crap. interesting so, one. Would I be able to find that? Like, I could drop the audio in right here? Yeah, let me... I forget. Let me look up <laughs> on YouTube what the Yeah, if you find it for me, I'll, I'll put it in and post. But that sounds yeah. amazing. It's, it's like... The, the harpsichord solo, which they recorded slower and sped up. So actually doing it at that full speed, that is quite a challenge. And uh, Yeah, um, let me that. see. I should send you the cover version of that that uh, my band did. Oh, yes. It's on my mom's YouTube. Hers is Georgette Gilmore. And then I think it's her latest upload. Yeah, it's her latest upload. It's called School of Rock Montclair Beatles Camp 2018. And I'm okay, in Email the me George that Her- link, please. And, and Yes, I got yes, you. Yes, email me that link and I will uh, get it in the episode when I edit yes. everything. I'm wearing that sounds my awesome. George Harrison Sergeant Pepper suit on stage, too. Yes! <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah, I got a, a my friend Scott who co-hosts my other podcast, Best Midwestern. He teaches at the Cleveland School of Rock, and it sounds like just a blast over there all it's the time. So fun. It sounds so fun. I've been going for and like four years. Super cool. There we go. Well, yeah, good good luck with all your musical adventures, and uh, whenever uh, you get some. Um, originals or solo covers uh up somewhere make sure you tweet them at me and i will retweet retweet them out to the people so they can hear your your talents some more and people can find this might be a podcast on all the social media places twitter at this might be a pod uh instagram this might be a podcast with underscores between all of the words uh leave me voicemails 224-801-2930 or send me emails this might be a pod at gmail if uh you really like what i'm doing and if if you think you're awesome like kyla here then you go to the patreon patreon.com slash this might be a podcast and are you giving me your own hard-earned money or are you are you making your parents pay me for it uh, it's my own. I like. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. <laughs> Extra. I'm also. taking high schoolers' money. <laughs> now I feel bad about it. <laughs> Damn! Thank you. You are. That's wow. Well, I'm glad you're liking the show. Yeah. And uh, anyone else? If uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time on this. So if you want to help out and get some swag, 
I know Kyla sent me a picture looking dope in her TMBP shirt. Uh, then, uh, yeah, patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. So, Kyla, thanks again for being on. That was a fun one. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> Infinity. Who's gonna beat infinity?